Oh, hello. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Uh, Anchor is giving me a very interesting uh, trying to reconnect message as we're speaking to each other. So I don't know what that means. Uh, that's fun. Uh, how's it going? I feel like shit. Yeah? I got my booster yesterday. Oh, God. It has knocked me the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I, uh, I, gotta, I gotta get a booster. Uh, I just didn't know if I was eligible or not. They say it's... Six months, so. okay. Uh, well, I got mine in six May. Six months out from your shot, so. Yeah. Well, I just hit six months, and I got mine in April, so probably next month you'll be eligible. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Well, that'll be something to look forward to for December. Uh, how exciting. Um, so, yeah, what, what have you been up to? Just my job. Just your job. Just my job. Are you? Nothing are you? Exciting. Are you still all at home? Yep, we're still all at home, which is nice. Keep pushing back the time when we're going to go back. Like initially, they were like, "We're going to go back to the office in like September," and that's the final decision. And then everything got worse. And then they were like, "Well." <laughs> Maybe not December, not September. And they're like, how about October? And then we got through like, we got about halfway through August and they're like, we're just going to stop guessing and we'll, and we decide and you'll get at least, (laughs) you'll get at least 60 days notice. (laughs) We're like, cool. So my team is... Right, and my team is kind of campaigning to stay home for permanent yeah. because none of us want to commute again. And, like, honestly, if I go back to my office, I will not be able to control my bitch face. Like, <laughs> I've gotten so used to not, like, not, I won't be able to live in a world where you where you can read everything that I'm thinking on my face because I've lost, I've been two years hiding it. Not having mm-hmm. to hide it anymore. So mm. like, and I have a coworker that is like, every fucking day I've found five reasons I want to murder her. So, yeah, that's why I keep the mask on. Uh, so it's uh, it's easier since I am constantly in person. Uh, it, yeah, it has been very helpful uh, because let me tell you, it has been rough going uh with some of these people um yeah yeah we just can't feasibly keep a mask on when we're on a phone job so totally understandable well but yeah so the goal is that we don't want to go back and our ceo of our department just let or like the president of our department just left so like She's being, she was the one that was like really heavy on the wanting everybody to go back because of collaboration and whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, we don't need to collaborate. We're a call, like we're customer service. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do we need to collaborate on? <laughs> like yeah. nothing. And honestly, our team, 
our team always had the ability to work from home. Like that was a perk of my job is that mm-hmm. if I just didn't feel like going to the office or like I didn't feel well one day, but I wasn't sick enough that I couldn't work. I was just probably shouldn't be around anyone because I'm contagious or I just didn't feel like I could make the commute or it snowed really bad or like any number of reasons. I just didn't want to go to the office. I could just stay at home and work from home. And now, so now we're like, you want us to go back <laughs> to <laughs> our noisy office that none of us are enjo- none of us enjoyed working in in the first place. Yeah, yeah. nice try. And like the crazy thing is, uh, you would think that businesses would be happy to do that because it would be one less expense for them to worry about is rent on a building, especially in Chicago. Like that shit isn't cheap. So, like, being able to cut down on that by having everybody stay stay at home, I I don't see why you wouldn't want to do that as a as a business owner. Yeah, I mean that's what that's you'd think, right? But then you know you have people who are like, I think collaboration is important and best done when you're in an office environment. That's like cool. cool. Well, the customer service department doesn't need to collaborate on anything. So, like, it, if if the if Marvel Comics is able to get it going from, you know, stay at home work, I think, I think a call center can make it work without the collaboration well, aspect. And that's like most comic companies though, too. Like comic yeah. writers don't come in and sit in an office all day. It's, they it's not like the old bull. It's like, yeah, everything's done online and it has been for at least 15 years and even before that a lot of it was mail or fax yeah so it's like i don't know Why, well, uh... our productivity, like our productivity and stuff goes up because we're not in office because the biggest problem with like when we have team meetings is that we have to find an office space mm-hmm. and then we all have to get up and go to the room go to the meeting room then we all have to get back from the meeting room and then people might have to pee on the way or like whatever the thing is. So every time we have a meeting, it's like a ton of time that we're away from our desks. Mm-hmm. When For we're something not that could that, probably be an email. <laughs> well, no, typically our meetings are important, but oh. um, our boss is really good about not having frivolous meetings. But that's good. When we do, you know, but it's just like it's a pain in the ass when we're in the office. But when we're not in the office and we're doing it through Zoom, you literally call into the meeting. And then as soon as the meeting is over, you're back online. And it's like it has increased our high off the phone time, but if exponentially, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't know. I just only see positives to us not having to go back to the office. Yeah. And so I really just want them to give me the option to not have to come back to the office and then just let me go pick up all my shit from my desk and you can have my desk. I don't want it. I just want to work from my home where I can watch TV in between calls and call Torella a fucking bitch when she is pissing me off and she can't hear me. Yeah. Oh no, what if she listens? Just kidding. I don't. I don't I don't imagine your uh coworker is one of our 16 listeners. Uh so I no. think we're safe. No. I mean she, I think she already knows that I'm that I think she's a bitch. But like 
I can't say it out loud. Of course. At work. Of course. But I can when I'm at home. Because I'm just talking to myself in my apartment. Or sometimes one of the cats. And I'm just like, man, Parallax. She's such a fucking bitch. I can't believe this bitch is 25 minutes late again. (laughs) Friday, I was so pissed. Not that I want to turn this into Kelsey bitches about her job hour. But like, Friday... This bitch is, like, late every single day, which, like, there is no excuse for it when you're working from home. hmm You do not have a commute when you're not working in an office. When you're working in an office, I get it. Traffic sucks, buses, trains delay, you know, weather comes out of nowhere, like, shit happens, you know, that's sometimes out of your control, even if you left on time and every single variable was in place, shit can go wrong. Mm-hmm. You are at the mercy of the world around you. When you are li- at home and your commute is from one room to another room, or in some cases, just the same room, depending on how big your home is. Yeah. I do not understand why you can't be on, why you, what your excuse is for being late. Unless you're having connection issues, but every single time you people have connection issues, you just text the boss and say, "Hey, I'm going to be I'm running a little late. I can't get online," mm-hmm. which everybody else doesn't seem to have a problem doing except for her. So then Friday, I was work I work eight to five, but Fridays I work seven to four until Christmas because the guy who works seven to four is like taking is like killing off his PTO by taking Fridays off until Christmas. So I'm covering all those seven to fours on Friday. Mm-hmm. Cheek also works eight to five. Cause there's one that works seven to four and then somebody that works 10 to seven. And then in between there are two people that work eight to five and nine to six. So we have four people in the mid shift and then two, one open and one close. So We are short-staffed already because both the closer and the opener are out for the day, which is fine. We have not been that busy. It's totally doable, but we still have four people on staff then. Mm -hmm. Torella, so it's me alone at seven, and then Torella comes in at eight. And this bitch comes in at 8.15, knowing that I am alone on the phones and the chats and the emails by myself in the morning. And then... She comes in at 8.15 and then immediately goes on break for 20 minutes. What? And I'm like, "Ah, what the fuck? Yeah, that's not okay. Right. And she does this all the time. She goes on break in the first hour of the shift. And she's always got some home emergency or there's some like, I don't, how many emergencies do you have in your house? every like every week girl you need to you need to figure that shit out like Mm -hmm. and it's just like a constant thing and I was so pissed on Friday I was just like this fucking bitch and then she works for 25 minutes and then suddenly has VPN issues and can't be on she's off for for then from 9 30 till 11 55 and has the audacity to go to her lunch at noon I'm like, bitch, what? what are you going on lunch for? You haven't been working for four hours. And then, yeah, but goes on lunch at noon. I'm like, you basically took a half day because you weren't working. 
That is so <laughs> fucked up. That is and so boss, fucked up. I know. And this is like a constant thing. This isn't like the first time this has happened. She does shit like this all of the time. And me and Joel are pissed as fuck. And like we complain to our boss about it all the time. And she's like not doing anything about it. But I'm hoping now that we're full staff again, she can be like, all right, we can just um, look at ways to deal with this bitch. Because like, at this point, you have enough evidence to prove that like she has not been doing her job. Yeah. But like, man. And it's been going on literally since I started for like two years. Good God. Yeah. But it's gotten worse since we've been at home. Yeah, of course, because there's less oversight. Right. She's a pain in the ass. Anyway, that's the end of bitching about work time. (laughs) Um, Can can I I just share a little bit of drama with you from my work? Absolutely. Okay. So there's this guy that uh, had started there at work like maybe three months ago uh, and he just fucking sucked. He was, he was always the worst. He was always fucking stuff up and in a similar way he would just call off of shifts all the time because like he had car issues or there was an issue with like his kid or you know always an emergency that that got him out of working and uh on top of that uh he was the number one offender when it came to uh misgendering me and and calling me bro and everything like that and i'd be like please don't call me bro you know always just you know trying to correct him And it happened so frequently that I started getting pretty angry with him about it, obviously. And uh, apparently he talked shit about me uh, behind my back all the time. So real cool dude. Mm -hmm. So anyways, uh, like he has a couple of kids and he's married, which like as a single person, I look at this and I'm like, how, how the fuck? does this guy get married? Uh, So with that knowledge, a new girl uh, started working and I noticed that they were getting pretty chummy and like talking a lot and like kind of sneaking off together outside and things like that. And then one day I noticed she was rubbing his arm in a real like intimately familiar way it like not the way that you do with just one of your coworkers kind of way and mm-hmm. i was going to ask about it uh like one of one of my managers or you know somebody who would have known like is caitlin his wife and uh before that question could be asked i was off for a couple of days and i opened up the you know work group chat and i saw that uh dipshit had been removed from the group chat which is just kind of this subtle hint that somebody's been fired Mm -hmm. uh so i was just like oh shit what happened 
So I go in to work the next day and I'm talking with one of the managers uh, when we're done for the night. And he's like, yo, did you hear what happened? I was like, no, please tell me. So my manager was like, okay, so one of the other managers caught them uh, making out behind the restaurant. And I was like, oh, shit. And then like a couple of days later, dipshit asked another guy to uh, if he could cover his shifts for that week. And he was like, yeah, sure. And then dipshit quit. And then the guy who was going to be covering for him quit like the next day. And it was like, wait, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, okay. So apparently dipshit's wife found out about this and she came in to work and was like, where the fuck is he? I need to talk to him right now. And like, they were like, he's not here. He doesn't work here anymore. Like he's gone. So she is just tearing ass, you know, just going off about this. And I guess she leaves. And then she talks to dipshit and is like, what is her address? And he gave her this other girl's address. And so his wife went and broke all of her car windows. Uh, and fucking Christ. <laughs> and then, and then further information came out where apparently his wife and side chick had previously gone to dinner together. Wife said, yeah, we're done. You want. And so like, she thought she had like the, the go ahead for it, but also I don't know how true that is because side chick is just as fucked up and unreliable. So it's like, what the fuck is going on here? This is horrible. But uh, that dude sucked. So to have his uh, life implode, it's just mm, mm, that right. shot in Freud. That little chef's mm, kiss. <laughs> mm, mm. Oh, give me that drama! Give me that drama! I oh oh, it it sustains me. It gives me life. Careful, that might turn into a murder at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And then I'm going to be showing up on like fucking A&E like, I don't know, he, he seemed like an asshole. So, mm. but that's a, that's my drama. Uh, Crazy. It has made things very exciting. And, and he, when I had gone back to the hotel to work the uh, night audit and I couldn't close anymore. Uh, at the delivery place um dipshit is the one that became like one of the main closers so when i left the hotel and he was still closing i was like fuck so i can't even get like something close to my old schedule because he's closing five nights a week and i don't want to work with him any longer than i have to uh because it was just a miserable experience (laughs) 
Um, so now that he's gone, I can pick up some closing shifts, and uh, that's a good thing. That makes me happy. Um, well, so go. good, good riddance to bad rubbish. That's what I say. Right. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Um. So. Have you been watching anything recently? Reading anything? What have you been checking well, out? It's Hallmark season. Yes. So I'm actually, the only reason I'm not watching Hallmark movies right now is because I physically cannot sit up on the couch. Like I'm right. currently laying in my bed talking to you. Like, <laughs> And then once we are done talking, I'm going to go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. <laughs> And we'll um, we'll we'll make we'll make this a shorter episode than typical. No, it does. It's fine. I've been kind of sleeping all day, so it's been off and on. Um, but um, let's see what have, I mean. Mostly, I mean the same kind of stuff I've been watching. But um, I'm finally glad we're done with fucking Mars for a while on Young Justice. Because yeah, oh, I, was I getting sick of those fucking Mars episodes? So when when you said like it was pretty boring the first like couple episodes that they release, I was like, okay, well then I I don't have a drive to like get to it yet. Like I'll get to it in in a little bit, and then hearing like what it, was it six episodes before they got done with Mars? No, it's four. So it sounds like four. there's going to be... So it so, the way it sounds like, I could be completely wrong, but this is what it sounds like to me, is that they're kind of refocusing on the original team. Okay. So um, there's like four... There were like four episodes with like McGann and Connor. And then now we're going into, I think that's going to be four episodes of Artemis and Roy. And then... The next one will probably be four of Dick or Calder. Um, I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. it seems like that's that's how they're setting it up. Is like the story is interwoven between them. So it started with Megan and Connor, and then now we're getting into the fallout of what was going on with Megan and and Connor, but with through Artemis's lens plus whatever's going on with her. So like mm-hmm. the episode that was just the newest episode was Artemis and the Arrows, uh, the Arrow family dealing with Cheshire. And um, so, and the League of Shadows. So there's some like stuff that they're setting up for like a short little arc there. And then I'm sure at some point, since there's like 20 something episodes a season, there's like, you know, it's all going to come together after the, brief little setup with each character Mm -hmm. um and i think part of it is related to covid where they had to kind of get actors when they were available and like be able to get recordings from that because they um greg weissman was talking a little bit about it in an interview where it's like they couldn't go and like book time for them to come in and record so and they couldn't record in groups because of covid So Mm -hmm. they're all kind of spread out and and they can't really travel for COVID. So they're all kind of like spread out in their homes. And a lot of them were recording at home and then sending the recordings to them. And then they would patch it up for, for the 
you know, enhance it and do whatever they needed to for the actual show and lay it on in the show. Mm. So I'm sure that that's part of why it is set up the way that it is. It's like, okay, well, we got Danica McKellar and Nolan North and Greg Kripes to be able to, you know, do their shit right now. So we'll do them these episodes and then, you know, so on and so forth, depending on how, when they could get recordings from the actors who had to record at home. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so we'll see how it goes. The first four were boring. I really did enjoy the Artemis episode. So I'm excited for that little Artemis and the Arrow family with the bonus of spoiler and orphan. Um, and then we got Talia and uh, the, the assassin that was with her in the first, in the last, in the last season where that everybody thinks is Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then baby Damien. So hey. little, little baby Damien, who is, who is now a year and uh, just sat there looking adorable and <laughs> unaware of what a little monster he's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all got a big storm coming your way. <laughs> but <clears throat> But yeah, they had the assassin last season that was working with the league that we never saw his full face because he was always wearing a mask. But at one point, he alluded to having recognized Dick um, after they after the team left with their in meeting up with the league or, or fighting with the league, and mm-hmm. so everybody went, "Oh fuck, that's Jason!" So we'll see if we get Jason this season. Which would be I mean, far better than the Titans version. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> He's so bad. He just, he is. <laughs> like, it's painful. And just, like, the least convincing possible actor they could have chosen. Like, the right. only thing that he is convincing me of is that he's a shitty kid, and I don't yeah. want to deal with him. Well, and he's a Trump supporter, so, like... Oh, come on. Yeah. Is he even old enough to vote? Yeah, he's, like, he's like 20-something. Really? Yeah. Oh, well... I'm sure that growth spurt is just around the corner, kid. <laughs> so I don't know. He wasn't that much shorter than Britton Thwaites is. And Britton Thwaites is pushing 30. So I think he's oh, 32. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, as, as an actor, Britton Thwaites isn't bad. But like, when you think of Grayson, like, you don't think of someone that small right no i like, do absolutely really yeah. okay and i was that, pictured in he should be real i i think they make him too tall in comics i think he should be little like i and think he i think that's a good like definitely going off of how he looks in the comics yeah like if you go by like um like what male gymnasts look like and like acrobats like they're small dudes they're small and they're stocky because Mm -hmm. all of their and all of their you know 
muscle mass is like upper body and like lower body and like not a ton going on in between. Mm -hmm. So like short and like a little stocky and like ass for days, like that makes sense. Like, honestly, like I can't see him much taller than five, six, five, you know? Oh, wow. Like I would see him as real, like real short. Although now that you bring it up, one of my favorite things is when artists do draw dick shorter than Babs. That's like so good. So choice. Uh, but it, it's so rare, you know? Yeah. It's like five, six, five, seven, I think would be like where I would think he would be ideally like, like a real short, like, I think he should be short. I think Jason is the tallest of all of them, but Damien will be taller than any of them when he gets full grown. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Tim will kind of land in between Jason and Damien. And Dick is just always going to be the shortest because it makes sense. Yeah. And I think his parents were probably real petite too. Yeah. I, I do seem to remember his parents are typically drawn pretty small um yeah, yeah so i you don't, don't know really why see them too com- you don't really see them comparatively to anyone either so it's like yeah because usually when they see that you see the parents they're comparative to a small dick grayson or mm-hmm. they're dead <laughs> so yeah 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 get, or you get like side stories about mary but like mary because there's been a couple of stories about like mary's background um in recent years and like because she is the one that ran away to the circus she wasn't raised there um in a lot of the most recent canon and she's also the romani portion because dick is Mm -hmm. half romani so there's a lot of like her comparison to men but like she's a woman so it's hard in statistically speaking women tend to be a little bit shorter than men so you know when your comparison is some you know some dude Mm-hmm. It would make sense that a, a gymnast woman is going to be smaller than a a random dude, you know? Yeah. But yeah, no, I like it when when artists draw the his girlfriend's taller than he is because already Corey should be taller than everybody. Absolutely. Like that is that is a canonical fact that she is a very she's like six six two or something like that like. She is a very tall woman because she's not a human. <laughs> and so and let's be genetically tall. Yeah. And let's be real, she's over seven foot with the hair. Right. Yeah. When you add in the hair, she's significantly taller than everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a Barda thing. Like Barda should be big. That's her name. Big That's Barda. Name. <laughs> it's literally the it's literally the the shtick. She is Although, a giant woman. I would really love just just as a one-off joke uh for them to introduce regular sized Barda. Just just <laughs> like just a normal Barda. No, you're gonna get some like J. Scott Campbell or something who's gonna draw her oh. as like a, a tiny pinup and then it's just oh, gonna be like, no. what are you doing? And then she's going to be shorter than Scott. Uh-huh. And, like, doing an, an absurd pose that no human can feasibly attain. 
like yeah. Mary Jane Watson and everybody else that he butchers when he draws them with huge fucking tits and tiny little waist. Have Have I ever talked about how like J. Scott Campbell is one of the most frustrating artists for me? Because yeah, his 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 line work and like what he actually puts on the page is functionally really good but then he just gets so fucking bogged down in his cheesecake bullshit and it's like if you just focused on making them look like normal people you could be amazing but he's he, he just he makes too much money if we're being honest from do, being the cheesecake guy so it's right. like eh, well wow. You let him get away with doing blow up doll faces for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so yeah, I was kind of underwhelmed by the first four episodes, but then they fucking obliterated me in the fourth episode, and so now we're gonna have to deal with that, and I'm pissed about <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna be get I'll get caught up because now that I know that it's like. Artemis and Cass and stuff like and that's what I have to look forward to it's like okay I'll get I'll get to it well I'm not gonna lie to you and say that it's like a lot of Cass and stuff they're just like in it for a little while it's most like the the bulk of it is is real Roy and and Artemis Cheshire and um then um Arouette and clone and like clone roy with the one arm come in so i i gotta be honest that that's that's my favorite stuff from young no i know and i'm not saying i'm just saying i don't want to like lie to you and say there's a ton of cats and stuff there isn't it is entirely and i know that you still like that the arrow family in young justice is your jam so i'm just being forthcoming that it is heavy on artemis and her mourning and her her life after Wally and the way that the fallout from the first four episodes has now affected her. Mm-hmm. Um, you could honestly, listen, I could just tell you what happens at the end of the fourth episode and you can skip the first four because you get nothing else out of it. Amazing. And okay. Start immediately. So basically... Connor wait, 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 knows. wait, 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 uh, a spoiler warning if you don't want to get spoiled on the first four episodes of Young Justice. Yeah. And go. Okay, so Connor and Megan and Beast Boy go to Mars for their Mars wedding, and they're going to, like, get married on Mars through, like, the Mars religion and their rituals and whatever around marriage. And then they're going to come back to earth and have a wedding on earth with all their friends. So they go up there. And then while they're there, there's all this like racial tension between the two different Martian species and all that other stuff. And it's really escalated and you meet the rest of Megan's family, which is kind of fine for a minute, but then you're like, wow, this is really, you're really doing another full half an hour of just this. Got it. And then there's like, they get involved in this, like virgining civil war between the two races on Mars. And they start investigating the murder of the king 
and at at behest of the prince and then that escalates and then they find a bomb and then the bomb is supposed to obliterate everyone that's like the white martians and not the green martians so they go to destroy the bomb but obviously megan can't do it and gar can't do it because he had the blood transfusion from her so they are vulnerable so connor says well i can do it but they're like you're not at full power you can't because you've been underground on mars so you haven't had the sun Mm-hmm. to power you up and he's like no it'll be fine I'm still less susceptible to this than the rest of you and then the bomb goes off and Connor is gone what Connor is gone he's dead what and no way then they no find way out, yes, yes and then they find out that there was kryptonite in the bomb as well oh my god so then John and so and then in the meantime, what the watchtower had lost communications with Mars because there was this whole thing of the civil war and whatever. So then by the time Clark and John get and um, John Jones get there, it's already too late and they can't find Connor. And then Clark starts to be like, whoa, something's up. There's it's like kryptonite. There's kryptonite there. In the fallout of the blast. And then that's. So Connor's gone. They killed Connor. Wow. Yep. And like, part of me is like, there's no way. There's no fucking way. But like, Wally has. Yeah, I mean, we said that that about Wally, and Wally's not back yet. So. Yeah. It's just so hard for me. North a job because he's Superman. Also. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Damn. Also, Bioship is like done too. They like got rid of Bioship. It like died. Yeah. Bioship like died too. It was like the end of Bioship's life. So there was like this really sad goodbye, which is also fucked up because they implied at the beginning of the season in the first episode that Bioship and Forager were like in love. Oh, Forager. So now they have oh. to go back and like be like, sorry, Forger, your girlfriendship is dead. <laughs> oh no, Forager's gonna be heartbroken. Yep. Oh god. Yep. So then we get so then we get the next episode, which is not it starts with all of the rest of the team show so Calder and Dick show up and Roy and at Artemis and Roy's house and Artemis comes home and Roy is like so we should talk um because Connor's dead yeah well all right so I'm like pissed about it because I'm like god Megan just ruins everything she touches Mm -hmm. because if it weren't for Megan Connor would still be here they wouldn't have had to go to fucking Mars we wouldn't have had to go to fucking Mars. We wouldn't have to deal with fucking Beast Boy. Oh, Beast Boy. My tolerance for Beast Boy across all media has cratered. Uh, I, I, just, I just don't care about Beast Boy anymore. <laughs> I, I'm so tired of him. 
Um, you like are cutting in and out. I'm tired of Beast Boy. Is is what I was saying. Uh, could you could you hear that? Nope. Okay. Uh, let's let's reset. Now and, I can uh, hear. Now I can hear you. Oh, fine. Okay. Great. Gotta love it. Technology. Um. Yeah, I'm just tired of Beast Boy. I'm I'm just Same. tired of him. Um. Okay. So, where last we left off, I had been uh, watching The L Word with my roommate, and uh, we just got to uh, the death of, and uh, due to some stuff that's happening in our household, uh, we're not really ready to go back to it, so we had to kind of start up a new show. Uh, that isn't quite as heavy. So uh, I'm a little half, a little over halfway through the first season of Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> and and here's the thing, uh, I fucking love that show. <laughs> it's awesome uh and like really i would say 75 percent of that show fucking rules and then there's the teacher shit uh with aria and i hate that and every time it comes up in an episode it grinds everything to a halt and so that sucks but everything else is so much fun and so exciting and i have no idea where it's gonna go but i have had an ongoing joke with my roommate where uh (laughs) there's been a few times in the show where they're like is this is this the end like did we finally solve it like are we are we out of the woods and i look to my roommate i'm like so we're like we're like at like the halfway point of the first season. And she's like, yep. I'm like, and there's seven seasons. And she's like, yep. I'm like, bad news guys. It's going to keep going for a bit. And. (laughs) I got like three seasons in and I said, I can't, this is stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my roommate said, I think she said, we're going to watch until we get through season five because like the last two seasons really take a nosedive. And she's like, you don't need that. We'll just watch the fun stuff. And I'm like, cool, I can do that. Um, so it's nice to not have to do the full commitment. And uh, the funny part is the reason that we started watching it is we were watching Scream 2 and i was like okay i've only seen scream 2 once so i'm going to try and guess who the killers are in this one because i can't remember and she's like okay and i was like do you want to make a bet on it and she's like okay so we made up uh stakes for if i get both of them right if i get one right and one wrong and if i get both wrong and I got one right and one wrong. So 
the stakes were initially that I was going to watch the first four episodes of Pretty Little Liars and then god damn it if I didn't get into it uh, and now we're just sailing on through and uh, this is connected to the previous show we spoke about because it also stars Nolan North and when I saw Nolan North pop up on this fucking show I <laughs> lost my fucking mind I was like oh my god lead with that lead with the fact that Nolan North is on this show right uh, <laughs> but you know you know who I hate the most out of everyone on that show his name is Chad Lowe Chad Lowe is the fucking pits and I hate that dude <laughs> he isn't sucks. that like her dad or stepdad uh, yeah, or somebody's it's, dad it's, yeah it's, it's one of the dads it's one of the dads and he just fucking sucks because he cheated on fucking Holly Marie Combs. Are you kidding me? What's wrong with you? I don't like Holly Marie Combs, so I would cheat on her too. She's a witch. She was my She's least favorite. She was my least favorite, including Shannon Doherty. I mean, yeah, of the four, she's like not the best, but like there's she's still a witch. I know, but there's something aesthetically about the way that she talks that just drives me bonkers. And For I sure. just, it's just, there's some like weird way that she like talks and her mouth and like, it's, a, I just can't look at her when she's talking and it drives me bonkers. Mm-hmm. And I find sense. her very irritating. Um, my favorite character on the show is Hannah. Um, which I don't know which one that is. She's the blonde one. Uh, it's it's Ashley Benson. Aren't like, aren't they all blonde? No, no. Uh, Are you gonna she's... watch the spinoff? It'll depend when on what done? my roommate says. Uh, I'm, I watched like, all I... of the spinoff. Believe it or not, I didn't watch the whole series, but I did watch the spinoff. So what? What is the spinoff? It's like a second. It's like a new class of li- of Pretty Little Liars. Oh, like the re- like the quote unquote reboot. It's not a reboot. It's just this. It's the similar scenario with a different cl- group of kids, and then the blonde comes back and is like a teacher. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, and it had Sophia Carson in it, so that's why I watched it because I think she's really pretty. Hey, fair enough. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I probably will end up watching that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's been an uh, an exciting excursion for me because, of course, like one of one of the things that I'm trying to do uh, as I'm going through some changes is I'm trying to get caught up on like some you know girly media that i missed out on because i felt like i couldn't watch it uh so pretty little liars it is and you know what it gives me such strong uh season one riverdale vibes like season one season two where it's just like what the fuck is going on all those cw shows every single one of them every cw drama that isn't superhero related 
they're all ridiculous and mm-hmm. they all you literally sit through every single one of them going what is happening like, <laughs> how is how does this show continue to get made like mm-hmm. vampire diaries pretty little liars secret circle like all those shows all those teen dramas it it literally is like how did you make this how did this show continue to get made I don't understand I'm still I watch every episode of Riverdale and every episode of Riverdale I'm like how I fucking how how, what what is the pitch room like for Riverdale writers yeah because I I had to tap out of Riverdale when Archie joined the mob I was like okay that's just that's just a, a leap that I cannot make. I'm sorry, guys. Because you're just I, never going to know. You're never going to know the epic highs and lows of high school football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. That fucking show is just a nightmare. Yeah. Those, those first two seasons, they were strong as hell. I loved them. Well, now, next season, we are getting Sabrina. I saw. I saw. And uh, I didn't love. Which also doesn't make Sabrina sense in the show. context of the end of the Sabrina show. Because, yeah. spoilers, if you haven't seen it, she dies. Yeah. So, por qué? She's a witch. I guess. <laughs> How, How are you, you going to explain that one? She is a witch. She's a witch. It's in the name. It's like one. I was going to it, it, Python reference. Oh, I was, I was, I was calling back to our big Barda conversation. Like it's in her name, Sabrina, the teenage witch. You know. Ah yes. Um, I've been I've been doing rewatches of things. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, because I will be honest, I have fallen off of Doom Patrol. I have. T- I am not. It's not as charming this season as it has been in the past three, and I'm not having a great time. Yeah. Or last two. So I kind of stopped. Because I wasn't I'll looking get... forward to watching it anymore. I'll probably yeah. go back and finish it once it's fi- when the season's done. But like, I, yeah, yeah, I just same. wasn't looking forward to watching it anymore. I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying it when I was watching it, and I kind of like was getting bored. And it's we haven't progressed at all. It's still kind of the same kinds of conflict all over again, mm-hmm. and there doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be any further growth with the characters. And I'm like, I don't know how much of that is COVID related where they just didn't have a lot of time to do things or if it's just lack of inspiration on what you were doing. But like, yeah, I'm super bored. Yeah, that, that was something that was frustrating to me because it felt like they they would make a little bit of progress with the characters and then like something would happen and they'd be reset and it would be like, but we were moving forward and they were like dealing with their shit. Why are we retreading this? Um, right. So that was, yeah, that was pretty frustrating. Yeah. Um, 
So what but, are you re rewatching? So I I rewatched all of New Girl, which was a delight. Yeah. Um, and then I was gonna do Happy Endings again, but I need to not rewatch Happy Endings again for the first <laughs> time in the last oh, two God. years. Listen, I fucking love that show, and I am devastated to this day that it is not still on. Mm -hmm. We were robbed of a great show. I uh, um, I never got into it. Oh, it's so good. It's so funny. Um, the so now I'm I'm finishing up Gilmore Girls. Ah, uh, rewatch. Okay. Which every time I watch Gilmore Girls, like Dean gets worse, and I think I've gone through different phases of Gilmore Girls fandom. Where it's when I first watched it, I had no knowledge of Jared Padalecki other than Gilmore Girls, like when it was airing, mm -hmm. and I was like, "This guy kind of sucks." And then I've I watched, and then Gilmore Girls ended and there was a little overlap of when he was still kind of like showing up as Dean when he then was Sam mm -hmm. and then there was hello well his name is Dean on the other show and it's Sam here and his brother's Dean and then I realized that like there is no difference in how he behaves as Sam as he does as Dean he's still mm -hmm. just like really annoying and then I watched it again after having watched Supernatural and I'm like, wow, Dean still really sucks. And now this time I'm like, wow, Dean is the worst. He gets mm -hmm. worse every time I watch the show. Woof. But then last night while I was have like feverish and not feeling great, I kind of came to the realization that I think the reason that I like Logan so much is because he's just college Tony. Oh, Okay. Because he is a spoiled rich boy who is facing down a legacy that he doesn't like a company business that he is just being forced into with no choices and spends his time drinking and kind of trying to avoid his future. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So and it's, he hides it... his feelings by, through humor and alcohol. Is Logan Peter Petrelli? Peter Petrelli? Peter Petrelli isn't on that show. Yeah, he is. No. Milo Ventimiglia? I don't know who Peter Petrelli is. Heroes. Oh, I never watched Heroes. Oh, I did. Uh, I Peter Petrelli was the name of an actor. Yes. No, that's Jess. Jess, oh. is, Jess is Jason Todd. Woof. Yeah. Um, Heroes. Yeah, so I'm almost done. It's a bad show. Yeah, it, there was nothing about Heroes that appealed to me. In every single preview, in every iteration, anybody who watched it and talked to me about it, I was like, this show sounds awful. I'm not going to watch it. It's <clears throat> It started off interesting, and then uh, it just took such a hard nosedive and when they cast Kristen Bell as a villain and then just wasted her this show's dead to me how dare you how dare you raise my hopes uh 
yeah, fuck that show. I'm I'm glad it died. Um. So in in a similar way, I've I've been um depressed. Uh, so I was watching some stuff for like Halloween. Uh, it was actually on Halloween. Uh, but I went back and watched uh some of the Halloween specials for Power Rangers. And okay, I noticed that on Netflix. I was like, who the fuck's watching Power Rangers? <laughs> yeah, that was me. That was me. And guess what? That show fucking rules. It's awesome. Uh, one of the Halloween specials I watched, uh, the monster that they were fighting was a rapping pumpkin who rapped like the uh, the general from the general car insurance commercials. I don't know how to how else to explain it. That was just like the intonation to all of his raps. And then I found out that that rapping pumpkin was Brian Cranston. And I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this show? Uh, it was amazing. And uh, the most surprising thing that I noticed uh, was... Like, they try to make you think that Power Rangers is like an ensemble show, but Kimberly's the main character. She's the driving force through, like, most of the stories that I've seen. Because I watched, like, six episodes. I just got, I got into it. Uh, and it was, it was like a real nice blanket. Um but yeah, that show fucking rules. And I'm going to be going back to it more often because I had kind of put it off like in fear that it was like going to give me that cringe where I was like, oh, why did I ever like this? Uh, I'm such a, you know, I'm such a smart viewer nowadays. I don't need s- silly Power Rangers. And it's like, nah, dude, it rules. <laughs> like, uh, I fucking love it. Um, and those Halloween specials are jolly. It's just the perfect, like, jolly vibes for Halloween. Okay, then. Yeah. It's just good stuff. Um, speaking of Halloween, um, I watched a couple of really good movies. Finally got to them. Um, the first one, is Happy Death Day. Have you seen that? Yes, but I have to tell you something really quick before I, you go further. Do you know how upsetting okay. it is to me that that is one of my favorite scary movies and it's written by Scott Lobdell? Okay, I can I can help you out with that. Um, so Scott Lobdell, uh, for those who don't know, is a, let's say, infamous comics writer. Um and he is the only credited writer on Happy Death Day, which kind of is confusing because uh, he's bad. He's a bad writer, uh, just consistently awful. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, he's the one we have to thank for Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah, um, Red Hood and the Outlaws and Rick. Mm-hmm. Bingo, bingo. And that stupid shitty thing he said about Rick 
God, I, for, to this day, I'm still angry about the, I just wanted to see how long I could go with Rip because, you know, Babs was Oracle for like a decade. So I could probably take Rick for a while. No. <laughs> like you would no. dare compare turning somebody into a piece of shit to the life-altering gunshot that made Babs Oracle. Like, you just completely changed Dick as a character and made him just a shittier Jason versus Babs, who got an injury and found a way to make herself feel useful in that situation and overcome that injury and become a better version of herself. While still utilizing still utilizing her talents and like right <laughs> oh, you're gonna compare God. those two things you're gonna compare mm. those two things for real mm. also mm. you're gonna compare her her disability it is now a disability to just a personality change because you just decided that's how a tbi works when it's actually nothing like how a tbi works yeah that's Got not it. Cool, cool, That's cool. Not... You didn't you didn't even do a, a cursory Google of like a Wikipedia about brain injuries? Nah. Who needs it? Um, so the good news uh, that I can give you is uh, Scott Lobdell wrote the uh, script for Happy Death Day, uh, which was not called Happy Death Day when he wrote it. Uh, 10 years before uh, the movie was actually released. Uh, it was under a different name. The premise was almost entirely different, like as in they didn't put it on her birthday. So like the main crux of the fucking story just wasn't in his draft just all over that movie uh, is like he gave them essentially the basic outline of like horror groundhog day. And then like it was, it was announced 10 years before it actually got made. And by the time it got made, he had nothing to do with that movie. It was essentially entirely uh rewritten by the director who by the way is michael landon's son so that's weird um right (laughs) and you can you can also see that uh going forward uh because happy death day to you is not credited to scott lobdell in any way shape or form it is only christopher landon on that uh so I, I, I think you can safely, you know, enjoy it uh, without, like, feeling like you're supporting Scott Lobdell because you're definitely not. He, he had the it's, nugget. Okay. It's not that I, it's, it's made me averse to it. Like I said, it is one of my favorite movies, like, one of my favorite scary movies. I just, it makes me mad that it comes from any inkling of Scott Lobdell's where I'm like, God damn, that's actually good though. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, You know, just mm -hmm. like every once in a while, there was like a good issue of, of 
Red Hood and the Outlaws where you're like, all right, you kind of get it. You, you're getting there. And then you'd be, and then it would be like, just kidding. And it would take a full nosedive. And it was the most inconsistently written book in the world because it's mm-hmm. like everyone, you'd get like one or two, a one-off where it'd be like, this is a really good Jason's personality or it's a good showing of like Jason and Roy as a, as a friend, like their friendship. Or like there was a, there was an annual that was like the first kind of attempt at Jason and Dick kind of reconnecting and like being nice to each other in a really long time. I was like, all right, you're kind of there. We're getting there. Maybe you're not so bad. Maybe you're, you're hearing the critics and you're picking it up or maybe DC is steering you in a better direction. And then it'd be like four issues of just nonsense. And then the whole thing with like Bruce beating the shit out of Jason and kicking him out of the family. Uh huh. And it was just like, that's first of all, that's like completely out of character. Like Bruce isn't going to be that aggressive. Like that's not, that's super out of character for Bruce because Jason isn't even fighting him back. And Bruce is just like relentlessly beating on him. He wouldn't do that. He could be mad and he could he is justifiably angry but also jason was justifiably angry in the situation so like they would at least have a conversation about it the end could still be i don't want to see you anymore you need to like go and take a break but like bruce isn't going to just abandon jason he would have years ago already if he did like and he didn't even kill the penguin he put it like (laughs) he tried but he didn't yeah. He lived. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. Like, okay, Bruce is going through a lot. Like, Selena left and Dick was Rick. Like, there was a lot going on. But also, like, it was too aggressive. And it's just, like, this consistent need to make Bruce the villain. Like, he isn't. Like, he he's isn't. A fucking, he's a flawed fucking dude, for sure. And there's definitely things he can handle much better. But he's not the villain of anyone's story, except for maybe the Joker's. But yeah. nobody cares about the Joker's version of the story. Nope. Um, so I had been listening to a like a movie review podcast uh, episode of Happy Death Day, and it's done by a couple of guys who are big comic fans. So one of them asked the other, "What is your favorite Scott Lobdell comic?" And he was like, "Uh." What about, well, um, this one? And he's like, that wasn't written by Scott Lobdell. He's like, well, then I don't have one. I just don't. And it's like, how has a guy worked in comics for, like, what, 25 years? Like, he's been around for a while and just, like, never never like a truly good comic has come out of him like even a fucking broke clock is right twice a day and like scott lobdell just them them hands on the clock just broke right off uh i I don't get it i really don't um yeah but anyways happy death day that movie fucking rules it's so good and it's so smart and the thing that blew me away about that movie that i haven't seen anybody talk about 
is how creatively it was shot and like how so often throughout that movie they would do something interesting with the way that they were shooting it and it just made it so visually distinct that you were you were like always excited to see like what was going to happen in the next loop you know for lack of a better word and so i was looking up the cinematographer and it's the same cinematographer as get out and it's like what are you kidding me this dude did happy death day what those fucking movies came out in the same year so he was the cinematographer for two of the best horror movies in recent memory like damn that is that is sick uh I I adored that movie. I'm so excited to watch the sequel. Uh, I can't wait. Because I think one of the most fascinating parts of it, and I guess we're one of the few things that we can attribute to Scott Lobdell is uh, one of his original ideas for the script was that he wanted to take a horror movie in in a horror movie you always have like the final girl who's like the good girl that you want to see survive and then there's the evil girl that you want to see punished and like you know get taken out by the killer and his idea was what if i get what if i make the final girl and the mean girl the same girl and that's one of the best parts of that movie is like throughout the whole thing, you actually get to see her grow and become a better person. And you do get the satisfaction of like seeing a bitchy girl, like get killed a bunch of times in, in a horror movie. Um, because she just keeps coming back. Uh, so you get kind of that catharsis of like, yeah, you suck and you're gone. And, but every time she comes back, she's like becoming a better person in a weird way. Um, I adored it. And uh, that main actress, holy shit, what a performance. Like, wow. Yeah, she's amazing. It's just incredible. It, because like she does both sides. Uh, uh, like that growth so effectively to mm-hmm. where you start off hating her. And you can't help but love her when when it's over. Uh, what a what a fucking great movie! I uh, will say the sequel's not as good. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you're forewarned, it's not as good. Um, <laughs> it's okay, but it's it's still enjoyable to watch. It's just it's not nearly as good as the first one. That first one is like lightning in a bottle. Oh sure. But, like, I mean, how many sequels are as good as the original or better? Like, it's pretty um, rare. Empire so. Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, yes. That's the, that's a, a great example. And I'd say Two Towers. And I don't even like those Rings movies. I haven't um, seen them, so I don't... Like, Two Towers is the one that has the most going on. Um, Got it. But... Uh, so I watched that and then on November 1st, because I wanted to kind of 
carry things over, you know, make the transition from Halloween into like the fall season, you know, with Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, I watched uh, the newest version of Black Christmas. Have you watched this? No. So uh, I was pretty curious about it because, uh, I mean, the poster is just four women that look like they're ready for war. And I'm like, oh, shit, Uh, this might this might be my thing. And uh, it's wild. It's a wild movie uh, because it's uh, essentially about like it's 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 a rape revenge horror movie but without the grossness of having to sit through an awful rape scene uh because it's a pg-13 movie so like a lot of it is like pulled back and like just kind of hinted at so it's not as like horrifying to get go through as like something like i sp- you know or, or you know, any of those rape revenge movies uh but it was really exciting because it was such an angry movie and i loved it i was so excited about how angry it was because it was made really really quickly uh i think they said that they only had uh five months to get it going uh, so it was really fast tracked, and while they were writing it, was uh, right in the middle of the Brett Kavanaugh uh, confirmation hearings. So going into this college set horror movie that has a pretty big thing about like how frat boys at higher and colleges just seem to get away with anything and like the anger that comes with that um it's a great it's a great movie and the reason that i wanted to bring it up is because while i was watching it i'm like damn this this movie fucking rules i'm looking up stuff on it and this is the worst example of review bombing i have ever seen in my life it is brutal because like you know everybody was like oh captain marvel got review bombed or you know birds of prey got review bombed but like those are both like 60s and 70s on rotten tomatoes you know black christmas is currently sitting at a 3.4 on IMDb and a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. And just to give you an idea of how fucking wrong that is, here's some movies that have a 4.0 on IMDb. So it's a higher rating than Black Christmas. Uh, Halloween Resurrection, which sucks and is garbage. Uh, the Last Airbender by M. Night Shyamalan, widely considered one of the worst movies of all time. Uh, how about a little bit of 
The Cat in the Hat, starring Mike Myers. Garbage. And then fucking Plan 9 from Outer Space. All five of those movies are considered some of the worst movies of all time. And if you watch Black Christmas, there is nothing in there to put it on that same part. Absolutely nothing. Story's good. Performance are good. Uh, it's shot well. It's lit well. Just top to bottom, it's a better movie than that. And the fact that it is so low on those sites is insane to me. It is absolutely insane. And so I was I mean, talking to my... I'm looking at some of the reviews, though, and not to say that you're wrong about, I don't think it was review bombed. I think these arguments are fairly legitimate. Like, there are a few that are like, this is woke, but, like, there's a few that are, like, legitimate reasons why you would give it a bad score. The entire finished product feels like it was it was rushed out to hit theaters Which as it was. as possible. Watching Which it, was. it, I went from bored to confused and occasionally intrigued, but never entertained or scared. Despite the desperate efforts to justify the homicides, there's nothing remotely in- innovative and even goofily or even goofily satirical about it. Like these are all very legitimate arguments. Okay, a legitimate argument that would put it below Plan Nine from Outer Space, or I don't a know. legitimate I argument. I haven't seen any of those movies to compare it to, and I haven't seen this one. I'm just saying. I can't compare movies I haven't seen to a movie I haven't seen. I'm just saying, based off of the most of the critiques that I'm reading, it doesn't appear to be review bombed. A lot of people just thought it was a bad movie and disagree with you. Okay. Well, as somebody who has seen the five movies that I listed before and Black Christmas, it's insane. If you want, if you want to give Black Christmas a seven, sure swimming in sevens it's not a perfect movie it is absolutely rushed like fine my issue that i am taking with it is that you are putting it below confirmed garbage movies and it just doesn't deserve that it absolutely doesn't in your opinion but into somebody else's opinion they do think I, I talked to uh, one of my friends who is uh, like she knows horror uh, better than anybody I know. She she knows it backwards and forwards. And I was like, OK, am I wrong or does this movie fucking rule? And she's like, no, it's movie fucking rules. I'm like, OK, I mean, you can OK, I just fucking rules. Historically, though, horror movies don't do well unless there's some cultural reset like get out was yeah you know it's it didn't it from what it sounds like most of it said it was just it was clunky and it was poorly executed so you know that's all a legitimate argument to say that it wasn't a good movie even if you think it rules that's totally fine you're allowed to have your opinion but i don't think it was review bombed quite in the way that like eternals was view was review bombed because so it doesn't think, look like it's a so, bunch of... So you think, a, you think Eternals with a 66% was review-bombed worse than a movie with a I 39 I don't think it was review-bombed is my point. I'm saying that people legitimately didn't like the movie. Whereas Eternals had 
a bunch of people go on and say it was a piece of crap before it was even released because it was gay. Because there are gay characters and all the char- and almost all of the cast are people of color. Well, so it's a Black Christmas is entirely Black Black Christmas is entirely about toxic masculinity and okay. calling out rape culture okay. and it's but obviously the thing the, I'm going It's obviously what I'm and going, I'm going off of what I saw and I'm okay. trying to tell you that based on what is in that movie it is absolutely like sure maybe some of the reviews worded it like in a in a special way or they fucking you know found certain things to pick out but there is no fathomable way that you can say that that movie is a 3 out of 10 it's just not but that's other people's opinions so you can think that it's bigger than that but other people might disagree with you and that's just how it is sometimes what piece of crap what, what i'm trying to tell you is this is this is a jennifer's body situation where like in 10 years people are going to look back on this movie and they're going to be like very, oh and that very well may be but I'm I'm just telling you it wasn't review bombed. I think that these all of everything that I'm seeing here is a legitimate argument about the way that the movie was made and not necessarily about the content. And even some of the ones that mentioned that it's woke culture gave it a hundred gave it a fresh rating. Well I, I want to talk the about the same review bomb that you're referring to. Okay, um, I want to talk about something that I like now that uh, I know you like. Um, can we talk about Wasp? Sure. Okay. So it's it's the best. It's the fucking best. It's it's my favorite comic. <laughs> like it is without a doubt my favorite comic at this point and before we got on i was uh reading through the second series and the issue that i just finished reading was the one with the cover that has nadia freaking out and saying fix everything and it makes me sad to see my poor baby struggling. Uh, it makes me really sad because she really just wants to help everyone so badly. And I adore her. And uh, one of my favorite things about Nadia is I love smart characters. Obviously, with how much I love Babs, that that much is clear but um i hate when smart characters are assholes about it i could just i i have no time for that so you know reed richards don't care i don't have time for you so nadia being brilliant but like over people is so like immediately uh it just immediately gets you on her side 
and everything about her is just it's it's she's a combination of all of my favorite characteristics of other characters essentially where you know she she has the intelligence she has the you know very excited you know feelings of like when she meets bobby and like she fangirls over bobby in a way that no one has ever done and like with your like Gwenpools or Squirrel Girls, like they'll fangirl over these superheroes, but it's always about like them being superheroes. So Nadia, like being excited about Bobby being a a scientist, it was like so, it hit so much stronger because it wasn't the same kind of fan servicey like look, this is a character just like you, dear reader. Aren't you excited? Don't you connect with them? So it felt much more a part of her character that she is like latching on to these scientists that never got their due and is giving them their due. And I, I just, I, I love that. And she is so fucking devoted to protecting her friends and there's a line that was in i think issue three of uh the second run that just oh god a knife in my heart where it was like sorry janet i don't have enough friends to go losing any and i was like oh fuck like like just her being like i i barely have these new friends that i just made i can't be responsible for any of them being hurt uh oh god just amazing and then it has canon gaze in there which thank you that's great uh and the art uh just to die for it um so yeah i love it you all you've said it all to me already so <laughs> i know i know uh, i just have I, nothing else to add we've already had the conversation so well we can have a conversation for the show um but an- another thing that i really like about it is like you know i've always like jan but like part of the problem with liking jan is if you want to read her stories you either have to do avengers or ant-man and the wasp and it's like i don't really want to deal with ant-man and i've seen the way she's iron man run yeah and like i've seen the way she's treated in a lot of those avengers stories and i don't love it uh, so the fact that it's not just a book about Nadia, the fact that it like it's it's both of their book at this point, like they share it. So it's like two and one, you're getting both wasps and oh my god, it's it's so nice to like actually highlight Jan and give her like a starring role essentially. And let her be 
exactly what we've always known she is, which is a fucking amazing character who is just, uh, she's so good. And yeah, I, uh, it's, it's a perfect book for me, honestly. I just, the thing I like the most about her is that it was very easy to take a character like that and just make her angry. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do that because you could have very easily been like, okay, she was in the red room. She was removed from her family or she comes back and her dad's dead. And her dad is a, one of the most hated superheroes of all time. (laughs) Let's be real. Does anybody respect Hank Pym? Zero people. Zero people respect Hank Pym. And like, even in the context of the comic books, people are like, ooh, Hank's daughter, yikes. But then you're like, oh, you're way cooler than Hank ever was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? And so it's like, you could have taken her and just had her be like angry and seeking revenge or being pissed about what was robbed from her. And they went the opposite direction. And she is just a bundle of joy. And she is very excited. And she wants to get to know these people. And she wants to do go and be a superhero and like live up to her parents' legacy without making it a big drama about her dead dad, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne who's sitting there crying about his dead parents. Like she wants to be better than his legacy and she wants to get to know the people in that knew him and can also make her a better person she doesn't ignore her mental health struggles and like goes and like deals with that and isn't like, you know, I'm gonna, which our pre my previous representation for bipolar in comics was Hank Pym, who arguably doesn't have bipolar, you know, like it was just right. your excuse. It was your, again, you did a, a, you barely, you read one article about bipolar and decided this is what it was when that's not at all what it is and then turned him into arguably one of the most vile superheroes ever you know Mm -hmm. and then used bipolar as the excuse and instead you've taken and said that hey this is a genetic thing and she has it and you've made her overcome it and deal with it and properly handle it and does she still have bad experiences yes absolutely but does she use them to as an excuse or does it obliterate her not at all she works through them and becomes a better person out of that experience. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Because like, I'm tired of angry, I'm tired of the angry child of the of the who was wronged, you know, like it's a tired yeah. storyline. Yeah, it's it's exhausting uh, that like it happens so often. So with this like completely subverting that and making her such a like she is absolutely a ray of sunshine and just lights up every room she enters and just magnetized to her immediately. But like, while she is incredibly capable of doing anything that she sets her mind to, she's not infallible. Like she, right. she can still make mistakes and, and like you get it because it's like, yeah, you're a kid and like, you're still getting used to like the outside world. So like, I'm not expecting you to be perfect. I'm not expecting you to have all the answers. 
so like it avoids being that type of like Mary Sue character where it's like, Oh, uh, you know, everything just goes right for her and you know, nothing bad happens. She always has all the answers, you know, yada, yada. And it's like, it's, that's, that's not it. Like she, right. she's learning and she's struggling, but she's, she's always trying. And that's right. what I love about her. I love, I I love that she calls Matt Mr. Modoc. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> the oh like God. the little the little mess ups that she makes are so fucking adorable. And I just love that whole like the whole bit with Matt where it's like where Jan is like, What are you gonna do, Matthew? You're a blind lawyer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and I just, he I he think... is such a perfect addition in that story. Right. <laughs> and I love her relationship with Jarvis. And I think mm-hmm. that that's really soft. And I also just, I appreciate, I mean, even if you want to comparatively say like Nadia versus like Hope. Hope fucking sucks. I'm sorry. Hope Van Dyne is the worst. And yeah. I hate her. Like she is yeah. grumpy. She is she is like not fun in any context. Mm-hmm. Um, Evangeline Lilly is a terrible actress. And, Never been a like, fan. I don't enjoy any like the things that I enjoy of Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp are always Scott and everyone mm-hmm. who's friends with Scott. Like I would rather watch Scott and his little crew of friends go and do have zany adventures then watch anything with hope because she's so boring and she's exactly Mm -hmm. what i mean where she just chooses to be mad she just Mm -hmm. chooses to be angry at her dad and this uh, arguably the mcu hank pym not nearly as bad as the 616 hank pym or he's legitimately the nicest hank pym ever (laughs) right he's the most docile hank pym who just wanted to protect his daughter after losing his wife. Like, mm-hmm. what a, like, any other person you would be like, oh, that's a really valid point. Like, good job. But no, Hank Pym's the villain for it. Yeah. And Hank like, Pym is the, Hank Pym is the villain of the, is angry at everyone for stealing his technology and being gross. But Tony Stark does that. And it's like, oh, yeah, Tony's got a point. Okay. But Hank Pym also has a point. Like, I'm sorry. Like, so, I think everybody lo- loves the Howard from the Captain America movies, but Howard Stark's a fucking dick, you guys. Yeah. Hank was right. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. And, like, if we look at, if we look at Hank Pym's two biggest sins, it's uh, creating Ultron and hitting Jan. And he did neither of those in the MCU. So he's, he's right. immediately better than any other portrayal of hank pym uh so like what are you mad about actually oh what 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 is it she like why are yeah why are you mad that and also like even just the context of ant the first ant-man movie it makes Mm -hmm. if you even think about it for more than a second it makes way more sense that you would be willing to give your Ant-Man technology to this complete moron that you don't know and don't care about in any capacity so that if this plan that you have to take your company back 
goes wrong, the sacrifice is some random stranger versus mm-hmm. your li- only child and after having already lost your wife to the same technology. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. I also would sacrifice Scott if I were Hank <laughs> because Scott yeah. means nothing to you. Oh, the guy who broke into my house and stole my <laughs> shit? Yeah, he can he can fucking die if he does. Right. Like, whatever. It's this is so me pressing charges. Sad. He has to do this. Right. right. It, like, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Like, and she's just so mad all of the time. And then you get Nadia, who is at completely the opposite, greets everybody with a hug, is just mm-hmm. kind to everyone. Like, literally, I don't know if you've gotten to her, like, meeting Scott yet, but, like, not yet. It's all, that's very cute. You haven't gotten to the birthday issue then, have you? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. God, that birthday issue, you, like, you can't talk to me again until you've read the birthday issue. Oh, because, yeah, like, I'm going is... to, I'm going to be reading the next six issues as soon as we're done with this call. Like... Okay, because the birthday issue is so fucking good, because her whole story, her whole through line is just forgiveness. Like, mm-hmm. all she wants to do is just be kind to people. Like, she immediately, like, she has this interaction with Bucky where it's, like, she has every reason to be angry with Bucky. Of anybody else in comics, she has the most reason to be angry with Bucky because the Winter Soldier was part of her training as in the Red Room. hmm And she's not. She is, like, you were a victim, too. And gives him a big old hug. And everybody's super worried the minute she sees Bucky that this is going to be the moment. Nope, she just gives him a big hug. And that's why she's the best. And that's why she's my new favorite Marvel character. Like, the top of the fucking top. Nobody beats her for me. And it, like, record fucking time. It took, it took those first eight issues and as soon as I finished issue number eight i was like oh shit she's actually my new favorite uh because like with with carol it's so hit and miss and you like you kind of have to like pick and choose what you like with captain marvel stories and like there's so much of her past that is just like real rough stuff uh, so that's a hurdle to overcome. And then with Gwen, so much of my uh, like connection to that character is really just like potential that I think she has, as opposed to what has actually been on the page thus far. But with Nadia, it's all right there. Like it's on front street. Like she's perfect. She is absolutely perfect. Uh, she she's flawed in a way that I find relatable and I and I connect with. But she's also super excited and like loves her friends and loves love and just wants to do the right thing and like likes being smart and wants to invent things and make the world better and like that makes a character that is so exciting to read about because you're like where are you going next like i just can't wait like i cannot wait and one of my favorite character traits 
is uh, girls who are consistently underestimated and then beat the fuck out of people. That's 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 my bread and butter, baby. I can't get enough of that shit. So like every single time somebody underestimates Nadia and she just owns them is it's like caviar. Gross. Caviar is gross. <laughs> Pick I've never better. <laughs> I've ne- I I I was just trying to think of like it's a delicacy because it's like it's just delicious and and rare when it's done well. Um, it's like a good steak. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I love her, and I'm really sad because we are probably never going to see her in a movie. Because. <sighs> uh, I, I know I was talking to you about this. Uh, there isn't even a fucking action figure for her. And it's like, oh no. They made they made some jacked up action figures like on a real short time frame. Like, now he's been around for four years and like, no sign of it no sign of it it's like well shit i mean to be fair though it took us a while to get miles and kamala action figures too so yeah 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 that's true i mean it like as soon as it's announced day one day one i will pay a hundred dollars for 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 a good nadia figure like that's how that's how much I love this character. See, this is and... the thing that pisses me off too. Like, I'm pissed at like the fact that one that they don't that the book isn't still going, mm-hmm. and two, I'm pissed that like we squandered Janet and Tony's relationship because I think that it's really adorable that like they were dating and then she gets this kid, and all Tony wants is a fucking kid. Just give Tony a kid. Mm-hmm. Just let him raise Hank Pym's kid because. Oh. He and like, fucking loves kids. Not only does he love kids, but oh, she's a super genius. Oh, we can work with this. Right. We can do some he's, cool shit. He spends most of his time in the last few years fucking around with the champions and like teaching them shit and like buying them dinner and like having adventures with them and like showing up just when they need help to be like, it's cool, kids. I'm here now. We got this. You're doing fine. You know, like being a good like role model and a mentor to the champions. Like let him adopt Nadia also. Let Tony and Jan stay together mm-hmm. and let them raise Nadia together. Because yeah. then maybe she'll also get him to take care of his fucking mental health. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> a, what a concept. A <laughs> she can't be he can't be a good role model to her if she he's not doing the minimum of what she's doing. Could you imagine Tony Stark with the source of positivity in his life that Nadia would be? Like, just... Honestly. Like, just to keep him from going down that... Those dark paths. That's it. Jan and Tony, because he can't... 
he wouldn't, they can't let him have Nadia be a positive influence in his life. Or he fucking would, why? He's been he around for 50 being, fucking years. He'd stop being a suicidal basket case of a man. Fucking, uh, oh, and oh, and so it's, you can't so just it's better that we have him fuck Patsy for no reason. So it's better that we just give him the fucking power cosmic and turn him into a god. god. Like that's that's somehow better than I like giving it. him I'm a so, daughter. I can't even. I'm so fucking mad still. Like that's the next issue is him being like, oh, I guess I'm I'm Silver Surfer now. Because <laughs> sure, because so sure, about all of it. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. None it's of this so, run has made any sense at all. So stupid. It's so stupid. But uh, something that I, I do want to also bring up about Jan in Unstoppable Wasp is I really like that she like talks about how like I never wanted kids and I still mm-hmm. don't, but like I can't let anything bad happen to this girl or her friends. And, like, that's what I love about Jan. Like, Jan is, that's that's what's been frustrating about her just always being tied to either Iron Man or Ant-Man or, you know, any number of different guys she's dated over the years. When she is so fiercely independent and, like, self, like, self-assured and like Jan doesn't need anybody like she rules on her own uh so like seeing her make this choice kind of on her own of her own volition to be like I'm not like she's not my kid and it is kind of weird that it's my ex-husband's daughter from her his first marriage and like why am I kind of taking her under my wing but I guess I am and their relationship is just beautiful and I, I, <laughs> like the way that the way that Nadia just brings out the best in all of the characters that are around her is is such a difficult thing for for a character to do like you just don't see it that often where just like her influence helps highlight uh, the best parts of these characters. This book made me interested in Mockingbird to the point where once I get... That's like the biggest win is that you now appreciate Bobby and don't think that she's just a different version of Black Canary because she's nothing like Black Canary. If 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 y'all have been listening for a while, I made some pretty incendiary comments about uh, Mockingbird a couple years ago, and I regret my words and deeds. I'm sorry. I'm going to be reading uh, some Mockingbird comics as soon as I'm done with uh, with Unstoppable Wasp, uh, because she's great, and 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 I I I I wish I had never said those dumb things. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna do my penance, and uh, and and do the right thing, give Bobby some love. But yeah, that's a uh, that's what's making me excited right now. Well, um, 
Yeah. But did you did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I have one last thing that I just need to share with the class. And it's a new okay. story from last week that's just, I wanted to just send it to you, but I was like, no, it's so much funnier with a dramatic reading. Okay. So I'm going to just share this and this is how we're going to close out because this football season has been a mess and I can't even get into Aaron Rodgers because then I'll just get mad again. Yeah. Um, but this is funny and I think everyone will enjoy this. How a monkey belonging to Jeff Banks' girlfriend became a viral story during Monday Night Football. A snoozer of a Monday night football game between the Giants and the Chiefs helped create a perfect storm for a one-off tweet to become one of the wildest stories of the year, regardless of sport. Said tweet came from Tom Campbell, whose Twitter bio indicates he's based out of Houston, but otherwise has no obvious association to the Texas football team. At 6.58 p.m. Eastern, he reported that a credible source within the Longhorns program told him that a monkey bit a child on Halloween. The animal belongs to a woman, Danielle Banks, who is in a relationship with Texas assistant head coach and special teams coordinator, Jeff Banks. I'm hearing from a credit. I'm hearing a report from a credible source that Texas Longhorn special teams coach, Jeff Banks monkey allegedly attacked and seriously hurt a kid trick or treating last Halloween or last night on Halloween. The monkey's jaws apparently had to be pried off the small child. Oh. While that certainly is an exceptional rumor, one that seems to have been corroborated by the animal's owner, a lack of details about the incident should have made this story disappear quickly into the Twitter timeline. Indeed, the only details Campbell added to the original tweet came from a post from Danielle Banks inviting parents and children to a haunted house at her home. But the Chiefs and the Giants struggled to a relatively boring 20-17 to 17 finish in favor of Kansas City. They finished at 368 and 300 yards of offense, respectively, and combined for three turnovers. That allowed more people to take to Twitter, where the initial report became more viral by the minute. That was especially true among college football affiliated Twitter accounts, which retweeted and otherwise commented on the report as more details of the incident came to light. It certainly didn't help that Danielle Banks, an exotic dancer whose performance name is Pole Assassin, has no! to use a monkey in her routine. What? It's uncertain whether it's the same monkey that allegedly bit the child, but a post on the monkey underscore Gia Instagram account made it appear that way. She responded to several tweets discussing the story, providing details about the incident. In so doing, she seemingly corroborated Campbell's initial report and gave more attention to the story. Her Instagram has since gone private and her Twitter account has been deleted. Regardless, she claimed no parent contacted her or otherwise complained about the incident and that Jeff Banks had nothing to do with what happened. She also claimed the monkey, a female capuchin named Gia, is vaccinated. She claimed in the since-deleted video that the child is in question intruded on her backyard, ignoring a warning sign to leave the animal alone, and it made their way to the animal's enclosure. 
in a separate tweet, she said that she was unaware anything had happened until a doctor had told her the bite needed to be inspected and cleaned. The story certainly has a lot of moving parts, and it is interesting to see whether it will be interesting to see whether Texas or Jeff Banks respond to the report. Regardless, that's how the story of a monkey, its owner, a football coach, and a football coach completely trounced Monday Night Football as the biggest storyline of the night. Oh my God. Oh my God. Can, can all, I? I just. Whole assassin. Um, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> the first thing that I wanted to talk about. Pole assassin? Pole assassin. Pole assassin is your stripper name? That is an amazing <clears throat> name. Holy shit. Why hasn't everyone done shit like that? Why? Why? Why have we been wasting our time with fucking cinnamon and fantasy when you could be out there as pole assassin? Are you kidding Honestly. me? Honestly, holy shit! I think there should be every strip club in every city should have one pole assassin. Yes, yes, absolutely. It should be a title. It should be like employee of the be. month. Yes, like, <laughs> your, your biggest money maker, your A game exotic dancer at any any club, any gentleman's club should be fucking pole assassin. Pole assassin. I would pay big money to go see someone whose name was Pole Assassin and legitimately yeah. and legitimately her name, she lived up to her name. Yeah. Or his name. Listen, it could be a man. Or they. Or they, listen, I don't care. Whoever, whoever has the title of pole assassin, as long as they bring, they are the creme de la creme, the top of tier of exotic dancers. I don't care who it is. I, I need some. I need this to be. Tricks. I need this to be CGC rated. I want to know that that pole assassin is legit. Okay. Yes. Okay. Also, uh, I want to know how does the monkey factor in? Another, like that's literally my second question. That was literally, oh my fucking god, you nailed it! You nailed it. How does the monkey get involved? Is the monkey like helping her take the clothes off? Is it like? Does the monkey collect her tips while? She yeah, is, is it like an organ pole? grinder? Is it like an <laughs> organ grinder kind of thing? What is it? <laughs> like. Also, we don't know what kind of monkey this is. It's a capuchin. It's a capuchin. Okay, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like a little a little ampersand running around. What like yeah. wild. So and I went and looked at the monkey Gia Twitter account and I found one picture of the monkey in a costume. It had a glittery pink cowboy hat. Um listen. I want to know more about this monkey and this strip routine because yeah. it sounds very circus-esque to me and that sounds amazing. I want this monkey to be like going and jumping on people's heads and collecting their cash and like mm -hmm. climbing up the pole and like patting her on the ass. <laughs> I want, I hope the monkey is involved. I hope the monkey's getting a good cut. 
Right. I hope the monkey well, is know, being taken get, care of. Place to live, and you know. Yeah. She seems, based off the Twitter account, she seems to treat the monkey like a child. So it seems like that monkey's got a pretty good life. I mean, like a child that you use in your strip act. Right. I mean, but you know, she's it has <laughs> it's treated with kindness. It's, I there's also one of the rumors is that it's also an emotional support animal, which is also amazing. But that was only a couple that I couldn't find anything to corroborate that. But there was a, a couple of reports that said it was a emotional support monkey on top of it. Could you imagine the interview at the strip club where she's like, okay, I'm very excited to get started. Uh, I have a great name chosen. I'll I'll let you know uh, tomorrow night. Don't worry. It's going to be great. But here's the thing. I do have an emotional support animal. Is it okay if I use it in my act? Yeah, sure. You know what? What is it like? A like a little Chihuahua or like you know, kind of a cute, cute little uh, grumpy cat. What do you got? What 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 are you bringing in? Oh, it's a monkey. Yeah, it's a monkey. Uh, I'm just gonna have the monkey on stage with me. Is that cool? Eh, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> like we can advertise okay, it. Wait, 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 wait. What kind of monkey? Like, what is it? Like a big monkey? Is it like an orangutan? No. Is it like? It's, it's like you know, it's like a small monkey. It's like a, it's a, it's a small monkey. Okay, okay, okay. Like you so ever, like you ever watch you, you ever watch uh, Friends? Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's Marcel. It's Marcel from Friends. You know that it, it's exactly that. Don't worry it's about like a, it. It's like a, it's like a boo from Aladdin. Yeah. Although a oh boo God, is uh, a monkey. Isn't Abu uh, a chimp? I don't know. It's just it, I was going size wise. I've never seen oh, a yeah. friend, so I couldn't I couldn't relate to that one. So I mean, it, it that is another example of a capuchin. That's that's all I know. And the only reason I really know anything about it is when that friends reunion was going around and like was being a jackass about uh, that fucking monkey. And the the trainer was like, "Hey, fuck you, pal. That's a that's a mean thing to say." Uh, that's the only reason it's on on my brain at all, really. Because no, I've, I've an image swimmer with a thing shot. Can you imagine? Uh, I have seen that coming. I have seen maybe two episodes of Friends in full. And I did not like it. So, not my deal. Um, but damn. Damn. Pole Assassin. That's pole assassin. Pole, pole assassin is literally going to be in my brain for years. That is right. never leaving. I have not known peace since I found this news story. Oh my god. That's all I mean, I've that's, been thinking about. That's that's the episode title. Like <laughs> Pole Assassin? <laughs> yeah. Pole Assassin and the Bear. <laughs> because making a BJ and the Bear uh reference is real timely here in 2021. I'm sure a bunch of kids are gonna gonna really be into that joke. 
I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> there was a TV show in the 70s called BJ and the Bear. And the bear uh, was... <laughs> I think the bear was actually the dude and BJ was the monkey. I don't know. Everything about that show is very confusing. Uh, And like him and his monkey friend, like went on adventures. The seventies was wild. I don't know. (laughs) Well, you know, how's it 70 degrees in here when it's November? What the fuck? I have no idea. It it got really hot in my apartment too. I had to turn on the fan, which if anybody can hear that, I'm sorry. Um, oh, but... I didn't even notice. I just walked past my thermostat and saw that it was 70 degrees in my apartment. And then I looked at the weather and it's 66 outside. What the fuck? It's November. Yeah. I don't know. But my anyways. Body can... My body can no longer regulate temperature. I have like a low grade fever. So yeah. I yeah. I, I think. I think uh, I think you need to get uh, a little bit of rest. It, it's been two hours, <laughs> uh, so I think we're nap. good. I think we did. Uh, I think we did our time. Uh, well, everybody, did you have fun? Did you Did you enjoy yourself? I can't they hear can't, you. I can't respond. That's that's, that's because it's a uh, it's it's an audio medium. Um, Any hoozle. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, I will probably have another episode of Mayday Arcade up uh, next weekend. I have no fucking idea which game I'm going to be talking about, so look forward to it. Uh, but until then, I've been Maddie. I'm Kelsey. And stay fresh. Keep cheese on, bags. keep on shipping them cheese bags. What? Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Now you go to bed. I will. <laughs> Bye. Bye.